My name is Cheryl Irvin, and I am the founder and director of the new Alkebalon Education Center. And we are a private school, um, K through eight, uh, out of South Florida, a private African-centered project-based private school out of South Florida. This, 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 is, this, this is, is Diversified, diversified game, 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 game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, especially for you parents, you are in for a real treat. You may even want to move after we're done with this. Check out the game that Mama Cheryl's going to give us on how she created her African-based school. Yes, a school with an African curriculum that is here in America. You guys, I say it twice. I got to double down like uh, my Irish twin Trump would do. In America, in Florida, she's down the street, around the corner, and down the block from that for me, but she's not too far. Mama Cheryl, how are you doing today? I am wonderful. I am wonderful. Thank you for having me on. Well, thank you for accepting and taking time before, you know, school season for you gets started. And I just, you know, I want you to tell the people all about your uh, school. Feel free to take your time and tell them why, especially for our children with the issues that they go through in the school system, why you created this school. Okay. Um, well, I was actually thought I was going to be an attorney. Um, I had every intention of being an attorney, but I always wanted to work with children and families. So um, as I was training to be an attorney, um, I was studying uh, mostly family law. Um, I did my undergraduate um, at Stanford University. Um, I got into a law degree program after that um, at NYU. So I had every intention of being an attorney, but while at Stanford and I was studying law there, um, one of my own family members um, ran into some legal trouble. And I'm, I'm young. At the time, I'm, I'm still 19, 20 years old, uh, but this family member was even younger than that. And he was facing some serious, some serious time uh, in terms of legal, legal time. And um, my, my, my mother called me that morning to tell me about it. And I was, I was, I was upset. I was devastated, actually, um, because I felt like he should be where I was. He should be in one of the biggest universities in the country because he's just that gifted, right? Just that gifted, just that talented. Um, and I, you know, I loved, I love this family member. And, um, I'm crying walking across the quad to get to my next law class. And, um, and I'm just wondering, like, what am I going to do? Like, here I am studying family law, but it occurred to me that if a child needs an attorney, 
then you've gotten to that child too late. So I saw myself um, studying law, positioning myself on the other end of what was needed. So I started to really, really assess what can I do prior to um, them needing an attorney uh, to actually make an impact. So that day I thought um, before an attorney, there's a teacher. Um, And I changed my major from law to education and ended up getting all of my degrees, subsequent degrees in um, education and learning and just embarking on the journey of trying to discover um, what, what, how do you change the mind of a child? How do you change the mind of an African child such that they go in one direction instead of another? And I spent about 25 years exploring that and building a school around it. Wow. And one thing changed your whole trajectory of life. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, and so in starting a school, I mean, we've seen, you know, successfully the Dr. Perry's, um, you know, cause they've been highlighted on CNN, but there's been, there's plenty of black, um, schools, especially in the South, but he, he made news probably cause he was on the East coast, but there's even, you know, a couple boarding schools we know of what made yeah. you, and, and how did you create this school? And I'm going to be kind of um, kind of slick when I say this, because I don't say names unless I'm talking positively. But we have okay. seen many people raise over 700000 to say they're going to create a school for Black boys and, you know, that they're happy with the donations, but next time make it more. How did you create this school without us knowing who you were on social media, begging for donations online and vilifying people sometimes. You see where I'm going with that? You, I, I, can, tell by, I can tell by your expression, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I'll let you, you know, take it from there. <laughs> um, I, I have not, um, this, this year is the first year um, in our existence, and we did our first program in 2013. But this is our first year um, that we are able to work with the state of Florida um, to to get children's scholarships. Um, my first year, second year, third year, um, I did not receive any type of funding at all. So let me just start by, I started teaching in 1996. Because once I decided that I was going to build schools, I didn't actually know how to do that. You know, and I I want to encourage anyone who has an idea or something like I'm going to do this or I want to do this. Um, You don't actually have to know how to do it. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't, you know, go to Stanford and they had a build a school uh, class uh, or, or training. It, it didn't exist. I didn't take it. If, if it did exist, I don't know anything about it. Um, uh, so when I graduated in 1996, I didn't know how to build a school. And I didn't even know the model that would work best with African children. So what I did was I said, I'm going to insert myself 
into a different model every year until I have determined what's what I think will work. Um, so I started in 1996 teaching in just a regular public school here in South Florida. I taught economics. I taught critical thinking. Uh, then I went from teaching in a public school to teaching in charter schools. Um, I taught special education in New York City. Um, I found what is called a free school model. If people are not familiar with free school model, um, there is the Sudbury model and there is an Albany free school. I found a free school in Albany. I went there for a year and on all of these places. So if it was a public school, I just applied. And, and I taught uh, or, or charter school, I apply and I taught, but there are some other models like the free school model um, or the Sudbury model where I would find these schools and I would just reach out to the director and I would offer to teach for them for free just so that I could learn their model. Um, there was a charter school that I approached and then I not only um, offered to teach for them for free, but I offered to raise money for the class that I had designed. It was a financial literacy class. And I wanted to know exactly how much um, do our children need to know about money and finances, how much are they interested in that. So I designed a course around that um, that involved real estate, entrepreneurship, um, investment, and um, so, and I said, not only will I teach it for free, but I will seek out funding for it. And if I get funding, I'll give your school 10%. So I just wanted to learn the school models from the inside of the school. And if it meant going in and, and working for free, um, that's what I did. That particular school, they, they brought me in. Um, Robert Kiyosaki's foundation actually financed um, the course that I designed. Um, and I did just as I said, I gave the school 10% of the money that Robert Kiyosaki had given me. Um, so for 20 years, I did that. I went to, uh, I designed courses. Um, I took them to different places. I offered them to those places, most times free to the institution so that I could um, teach their children. Um, I could see, because a lot of these uh, models were alternative models. And I wanted to see how do African children actually perform inside of these alternative models? So I, I, I spent, you know, I spent the time to explore, experience, design, um, and really try to figure out what works with, for our children. Um, and after 20 years, I had um, come up with an African-centered project-based model that I thought would work for our children. And then I built a school around that. Um, and when I say I built a school, the money that I had worked, you know, got working for teaching at, you know, you, you only make a certain amount of money every year teaching. But I went to my mom in my last uh, year or two teaching and I said, mom, I think I figured it out and I want to start um, putting, you know, brick and mortar and, and, and to actually build this thing. Um, so she said, come home, don't spend any of your money. 
Uh, I had a very small child at the time. She said, bring him. Um, don't spend any of your money. Just save up your money. Put it towards the school. And um, your rent is paid for. If Whatever you need, we got you. And that's what I did for about a year and a half. I just worked. I put the money that I was actually making while I was working, put it away. Um, my family helped me um, in the day-to-day -day subsistence area. And so when it came time to lease a space, when it came time to get a building, when it came time to uh, purchase books, I took the money that I had worked for. That's the, that's the way I knew to do it. Savings. Wow. Because the money did not rot when you saved it. It was still there. Correct. <laughs> it absolutely was still there. Um, it absolutely was still there. And um, yeah, that's that's the way that I knew to do it because I, I didn't have a big mic. Um, I didn't have a huge following. I had not spent any time um, in front of a microphone so people could hear me or or hear what, what I thought about things and, and start to follow me. I didn't build capital in that area so that I knew that I couldn't just put myself in front of people and say, this is who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do this thing. No. So I got it out the mud. <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, we all start with an audience of one and with the algorithms on all these social media platforms that can change any day. Um, I have way, I mean, way more listeners than I have YouTubers at this point, but even that has started to kick up. So you just never know. So, you know, I would definitely say keep, keep pushing because it's people like you who I'd like to see more on YouTube and on various shows. You guys know I'm setting up our guests because I'm setting up her, her right now for, you know, her next interviews that I'm thinking of, but I'd rather see you who's already done it and says, you know what? Yes, we could use some additional help, but we're going to keep rocking whether or not you send us donations right now. And I say that because donation, me donations, send me donations. But um, let me ask you, you know, what makes your school an African-based um, school? Because a lot of people, they, they might even be thrown off by that and just be listening, saying, what do you mean African-based? Are you teaching Swahili, Mulibonji? Are you teaching, you know, give us a game. Um, so in actuality, we give um, directives in Swahili um, so that the children will hear um, an African language. I am not uh, by birth. Um, place from Africa. Um, we're all from Africa, but um, I am an African in America. So I do have some people from West Africa who have um, infused some Swahili um, into the space in terms of directives. The children um, are given all directives in Swahili. Um, and the language of a thing and, and how you language a thing and how you say a thing um, makes a huge difference in um, how it resonates with the child. So they hear an African language all day, every day. Um, 
what makes our school African-centered is not simply that all of the children are um, of African descent. Because we have schools all around the United States, especially in urban centers, um, where the children 90%, upwards of 100% um, African of African descent, right? Um, and these are public schools, charter schools. Um, they they are populated by our children. What characterizes us as African centered is what we teach and how we teach it. Right? It's what we teach and how we teach it. So we're not simply teaching them academic uh, material. We're teaching them the material from. Uh, from the per from their own perspective. So I don't know if you've ever heard the proverb that uh, the hunter will always be the hero in the story unless the lion learns to write or unless the lion learns to tell his own story. And so that is what we do, whether it's history, math, science, social science, everything that we do starts from our story based on our scholars and how we have told the story um, as the center and the foundation of what it is that they learn. So this whole um, debate about critical race theory and, and the schools are scrambling to prove that they're not teaching critical race theory to their children in school. And we're like, hello, over here, we are. We are, we absolutely are. Um, and um, our children actually learn about race and what race is from from the the age of kindergarten. We give it to them in a way that they can understand. Um, and we teach them to not only be proud of who they are, not right, not only to be proud of who they are, but to be committed and dedicated to who they are. So if we're teaching kindergartners about race. Um, and this is one of the things that I that that I absolutely love, right? So if we're teaching our, a, a four-year-old or a five-year-old about race, a lot of parents get skeptical about that because they don't want their children to possibly learn to hate someone else. And so a lot of our our, our families will refrain from ex explicitly teaching their children about race because they don't they they have a fear that they can't do it without teaching the child to hate someone else and that is and and that is could be the furthest from what it is that we do right so we we just saw the um went to the summer olympics just finished um and no one thinks that i can't teach my team to race against this other country or, or to compete against this other country or to go out and try to, if we're doing gymnastics, to try to get gold um, for our country because somehow we would hate the other team and if we actually try to beat them, it doesn't work like that. So um, we teach the children um, what race is, where it came from, um, how to think about themselves inside of that competition and to commit to their team, to commit to their team um, and, and commit to living their life 
for the advancement of African people at home and abroad. Well, I'm glad I have you on here because the you know term critical race theory, I think majority of Americans haven't even tried to even Google the definition, but they listen to whatever, you know, media and they say, okay, well, that's that. And I, and for me, the issue with what they're trying to whitewash history instead of slaves, they've tried to say immigrants are migrated. And that's the problem, you know, for me that you're trying to erase history as it was. And so you call it what you want. Hey, don't put critical race theory in there as you know it, but tell the real history. Tell how everywhere, you know, certain Europeans have gone, they've colonized, raped, and pillaged. And if you want to debate me on that, folks, you can feel free to inbox and let's talk about it because um, this is something I'm not just guessing. But I mean, that that's, I'm glad that your school isn't shying away from it, but you absolutely mean, not. Absolutely yeah. not. Absolutely not. How, 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 if you are, if you are going to compete, right. If you are going to compete, one of the things that I often will ask a parent, if they are afraid of, um, the idea of race, because we get people who come to an African center school who are afraid of the idea of race. Um, I, I asked them, do there are some of us who believe that we are at war or at least people who have been at war with us um, for quite some time. But okay, if you don't want to go so far as to feel that we are at war, do you feel like we're at least at competition in competition with other um, with other nations, right? Um, if you took if you're looking at resources, if you're looking at natural resources, if you're looking at human resources, do you feel like we're at least in competition with other people? So if you can concede that we are in competition, then there's a certain way to make a competitor. There's a certain way to build a team. There's a certain way to actually um, run your race or, or, or build your team such that you are actually trying to win so that you're actually trying to win. And we do that and we do that unapologetically. And we let our children know that they're not just here trying to get educated from the, for themselves. They have a, a duty and a responsibility to build on behalf of themselves and their race and to move the race forward. And we give them that all day, every day, and it makes sense to them. And, and we could go all day talking about, you know, just that and trying to make it clear. But I'll wait for Fox News to call you so you can give the, um, you know, the full details or, you know, if they want to call me, um, I'd love to talk to Tucker Carlson as long as there's respect. Uh, we got to put some respect on the name. Okay. So anyone who anyone who ever has objections to what I'm saying, I just say, okay, take. You're, you're looking at me saying African-Americans should compete and that offends you, right? Take off the African part and just say Americans should compete. How you feel? Hello. There How you, do you there feel? You. <laughs> that, that, if that's that doesn't it. offend you, then, then you ask yourself, what about the African part that really starts to make you feel uncomfortable? And when you get to the bottom of that, then we can have an honest conversation because that's the part that is 
that that bothers people that's the part that bothers people and that's the part that we actually celebrate that's the part that we celebrate and so right. to get to, to, to get into your school um i had mentioned to you um before you know we hear about the dr perry's and his his school but you know his school is very competitive to get in i mean people are looks like they're willing to break a leg to get in there and an arm what does it take to get into your school what is the tuition for your school there it is tuition based at this time it is tuition based um but one of the wonderful things about the state of florida um state of florida has tuition scholarships that they give out to students for various different reasons so um if your if your parent has a financial need um actually if your parents income is below a certain amount then um they will qualify to receive these tuition scholarships from the state of florida and they just expanded um by i think 300 percent what that amount can be after um coming out of the pandemic so they have expanded that that amount so far more people um than before can actually apply for to the state of florida and they will give you up to um seventy five hundred dollars to send your child to a private school which happens to be the tuition for our school at the annual tuition for our school so you can get the entire thing covered by the state of florida um based on if your income is below six figures which is most people um then if it's they also have um a scholarship for students with special needs now we we hear a lot about students with special needs um but it, that doesn't mean that your child has to be severely um handicapped right even if your child has been uh, told that they are ADHD or, you know, hyperactive, that can fall under um, the auspices of what the state would give you this money to send your child to a private school for. Um, there's also a scholarship if your child has been bullied in school. That is not a problem that we have at our school. Um, that's that's one of the things that i'm extremely proud of uh all of the children all shades of 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 african black from the lightest to the darkest and we do not have um problems of bullying um everyone has their natural hair and the children who come in um not with their hair isn't locked or it isn't natural within weeks of being in the environment and being around the other children and, and 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 being around the other instructors we have children asking their parents to lock their hair asking their parents to you know if if they can get braids or it's just it's kind of a reverse effect that happens um in our space culture culturally so the state of florida if your child has been bullied in traditional environments the state of florida will give you that same money to send them to private school ron DeSantos has actually just i think uh last friday also extended that to uh include if you don't want your child to adhere to the mass mandate 
They have put um, anti-vaxxer bullying into the the laws, and you can now get that same money to send your child to a private school um, if you are resisting um, vax mandates. Wow, um, I didn't did not hear about that one, but that's why you gotta love Florida because you can really come out here and be whoever you want to be and around yeah. whoever you don't want to be yeah. vax, you don't want to wear masks. If you just want to be one of these crazy Florida drivers setting people off <laughs> for no reason and no rush to go anywhere, um, you can do it here. And the, and yeah. the sheriff will not stop you because uh, he, he may be doing it, too. Um, God bless. I, 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 have, I have no I have no judgment um, about Ron DeSantis. I simply know that um, that resonates with some parents. Um, some parents don't. They have their own ideas mm -hmm. about um, how to care for their children. Let's put it that way. And Ron DeSantos has said, we will give you money um, to the tune of $7,500 to send your child to a private school. If that is, um, if you fall under those, um, under those auspices. So there are so many ways here in South Florida where you can apply with the state and they will give you the money to send your child to a school like mine. I love it. I love it. And, you know, politicians are going to do what politicians are going to do. And I, uh, we, we work with them. And so I, I, I get it because you're trying to govern for everybody. And that's a difficult job to do. And you're never going to be liked by 100% of the people anyway. Now, you, you said, I believe, 7,500 for the year. So is that for all nine months? Uh, is that Ten all months. The 10 months. 10 months. 10 months. Okay. And where do you find that most of your, your students, do they need a scholarship? Because this is Florida where there's a lot of money. I haven't, I have not. Um, this is the first year that we're actually participating in the Florida scholarship program. This is our first year. So we have been subsisting um, with our families um, without the assistance of the Florida scholarships until this year. Um, I am, I'm extremely happy that we are able to uh, receive them this year because we're able to open our doors to more families. And, yeah. And how many students do you have at the, at the time? Um, we've had as many as 40 to 50 students, um, but that was before we got shut down. Um, so we, we did get shut down during the pandemic and then we opened, um, we opened back up and we opened back up to, um, not as many, not as many children. We lost a good quarter of our children, um, mm -hmm. due to, to online, um, schooling. And so we're preparing our school to be able to offer online offerings as well. So okay, and so your whole life with this education is a give back. But I ask all my uh, all my guests that what is their community give back that they are doing or that they want to do in the future? My community give back. Yeah, yeah. I, I 
everything that I, I don't even think about it like that because everything that I do um, comes from that space. Everything that I do absolutely comes from that space. So here, here's one of the things about the black community that I always hear. And if you're on anywhere um, on social media, you hear it as well in terms of black people needing to start their own businesses, black people needing to start their own institutions. Um, and my, my give back is putting forth the effort to actually begin and start an institution. So we are a growing school that is seeking to become a schooling system connected to other African centered schools throughout the country because they're, um, so we, like I said, we're a growing school, um, that intends to not only grow as a school, but to, um, become a school system in terms of my give back, um, a schooling system connected to other African centered schools throughout the country because there are there are others. Um, so in order to build our own businesses and build our own institutions, um, one of the things that occurred to me and it, well when I started doing this is if we're telling our children to build their own businesses and build their own institutions, at what point in their K through 12 schooling, does anyone teach them how to build anything? So from, from, from K to 12, if you're in the tradition, traditional public school system, at what point during that K to 12 um, tenure, does anyone teach you actually how to build anything? And then we release them out into you know the world after graduating high school or even college and they've never actually built anything they've never put anything together they've never um taken something from from being nothing and then trying to put it out into the world um so that is one of the things that that we do one of the foundational things that we do is that we are a project-based school as well uh, and we build significant projects so that our children at least get the idea and the experience of that this is how i can put my hands on something and actually create something make something and then monetize that and make money from it so we are we are building the mindset in our children that i can create something i should create something and I must create it on behalf of African people. I love that. I love it so much because even some of the things on this podcast, my 11 year old is my, um, my, one of my producer, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and that's why people like myself, I struggled in school and they said, go to school, you know, advisors, how can you go to college? You got, you're going to graduate with a 1.9 GPA. You got a fast 40 though. We'll see you at the game on Friday. But how are you going to go to school if not for, you know, sports? So I love it because I wanted to build something and I was building stuff, you know, whether it be um, on the street or on the computer. Cause I, I yeah, just always yeah. computer. And, and, and so I love that you're doing that. Now, have you considered having the students actually run the social media? So then they can, you know, play with it in a safe environment with safe ideas and it can be monitored, but also monetized. 
Have you looked into that with the YouTubes and the TikToks and all that? Yes, they're much better at it than we are. Than I am, especially. They are they are much better at that um, than I am. And then just teaching them um, uh, not just to do it for play where they're learning all of the different dances, but then how do you, what is marketing? And how do you use that now for marketing? And we start with them um, in terms of marketing, teaching them psychology and black psychology. And because there's a lot of psychology and uh, them just re reading Amos Wilson, um, Wade Nobles um, and those people so that they can know the psychology behind the marketing as well. And what actually um, you're putting out there that reaches a certain audience um, resonates with them in a certain way. So yeah, our children are are vastly better um, at social media than the adults. And um, fortunately, our history instructor is a social media influencer, and he's really good with the camera. He's really good with storytelling, and so he is able to bring that to the children as well. Wow, I love it! I love it, and I want you people to have just enough you know uh, just enough game so you go check out the website i don't know if it's going to be franchisable for you in your area but you know I, I want to leave something for mystery and of course i want to ask mama cheryl off air a whole bunch of questions i do want to say before i give you the final word i want to know because i saw on the website invest if people want to invest into the school they can can you give us, you know, a little spill on that, how that, what that looks like? What's the minimum investment? Because I don't want somebody calling you saying, hey, I got 50 bucks. Uh, what will my return be in five years? Give us the game. Okay. In terms of investment, when I speak about investment, it is, it is something that is, will be a serious offer. It will be something that will have um, attorney um, back documentation that goes out to anyone who invests because what we want to do and you, and you mentioned franchisable right um what we want to do is take our model and offer it to children in other areas that are not just in south florida so do we do want to grow to other areas and we want to um take the the, the african center project-based element and the entire model and take it to Georgia if there is um, a community in Georgia where it fits and take it to New York and different places, right? So investors would, um, I'm not a, I'm not a person who's just like, you know, send me the money online and you can invest. It's not like that. I want to give you a prospectus to say um, small school status is around 300 children um, in the school. You're still at small school status once you, uh, as you go up to 300, um, 350 or so, right? So to really take these small schools where children are making and building and creating um, our children have built boats and put them on the river and raced them. Um, our children have uh, built small motor cars where they actually go about 10 miles an hour. Um, we're doing that one again. Um, we're working with the um, 
National Society of um, Black Architects to build models to scale of buildings. So when I say we build projects, we build significant projects that can be used by the children and other people right now. So there is a model that is um, that is marketable, that is profitable, that is scalable. And someone who wants to invest in taking that model and bringing it to other children in other areas deserves a prospectus and not just a cash out um, handle. Um, so that's what we would prefer to do um, in terms of making a pitch to someone who wants to invest um, in our school um, and in our schooling system, right? And not just run me them, run me them donations. Run me, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and I And I love that, but I, I'm gonna have to push back and I just wanna know, you know, in your heart of hearts, where would you like that investment to start? Because sometimes, you know, us, especially as young uh, men, they get their first, you know, $10,000 and say, oh, I'm going to give it to Mama Cheryl and she's going to give me a piece of that business. And, you know, whatever it does, I know it will grow. But do you want the investments to be at, you know, 10000 or do you want it to be at, you know, 300000 Because, you know, I just don't want people bothering you thinking, hey, you sparked the conversation. I want to see how I can cash in on that using a real vulture. I mean, venture capitalist mindset, of, <laughs> you know, how can I get a piece of this? Because people will invest in you just to kick you off the board and kick you out. So in your ideal heart of hearts, where would you like investments to be and how many investors? Initially, we want, so, so when you're talking about kick us off the board and, and move us, so initially we want to work with people who understand the concept of, of an African-centered perspective and who are looking like we are to move the, move the needle for African people. Um, and so if that is, is not first and foremost, um, in, in the mind of an investor, then I would decline, um, anyway. So if we have certain people who come and they look at just the projects that we're building, um, and they say, oh, we'll, we'll take that part, but that African centered stuff that you do, I, I really don't think that that part is pivotal to the actual um, um, profitability of what we're doing. I, I, I wouldn't even take that money because it's, it is about, it is about um, first and foremost, like I said, uh, if we're on a team and I'm running for Africa and, 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 and you're running for another, another country, another continent, you know, and you tell me, you know, you're really fast. We could take you over here, but that Africa stuff, nah, that's my team, you know? So no, I, we, right now, investors are, are really on a personal, um, individual basis because they, their 
their worldview has to match with ours. Well, you know, that devil comes with a great, you know, he might come with a kente cloth and look like you, but he's still the, he's still the devil. He's still Lucifer. So you guys, if you want more information on that, on their website, they have a page and they have information on where to send that email. And I just have to give the game. What do you want to leave the people with? I want to leave the people with, don't be afraid to teach your children who they are. Um, and also to teach them who they're not. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's just as important to teach your children who they are, are not than to teach them who they are, right? So there's a, there's, the world is taking um, a trajectory that a lot of us um, don't want to go. And that is antithetical to um, African culture and African values. And so we need to teach our children. We need to be able to say, this is who we are and this is who we're not. We don't, this, we don't do this. We don't um, believe this way. If other people do, that's fine. Let them run their race. Um, but this is who we are and this is who we're not. And again, you can build, you should, you, you should build and you must build in service of African people. Are you tired of the violence, tired of the injustice, police brutality, rampant discrimination, lack of gun control in this failed by a socioeconomic experiment called America? Or maybe you need a break from the relentless grind and want to regain control of your destiny, your wealth, your health, and your purpose. Diversifiedgame.com has the right course for you. Prepare for my first trip to Africa. Looking to reconnect with your roots, start a new business, or just a fresh start. Africa, aka the motherland, is waiting. Don't let the Chinese and the Mazungus have the fun and also take over the motherland. From Cairo to Mombasa, from Dakar to Cape Town, Africa has something for everyone from business opportunities to the most amazing people, safety, leisure, and landscapes. The opportunities abound. It is time for the diaspora to reconnect with their roots. Time to reconnect with the birthplace of humanity. Africa is the last frontier. Get your head in the game and reclaim your legacy. The writing is on the wall. Babylon is falling. Give up the stress, grind, and violence inflicted on our people on this continent and prepare for a journey of restoration and joy by connecting with the land of your ancestors. Check out our new course and kick off your adventure at diversifiedgame.com. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifyGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.